Hey everybody, this is Dan with the Con Artists. I'm joined by Scott, Brendan, and Sue, and we're here to give you our uh, final thoughts on Concrete Revolucio. This is the, I believe this is the second show we've done for uh, the Rolling Review, and instead of doing all a bunch of separate ones, we decided to try one big discussion just to uh, simplify things and make it easier for listening. Um, Behold the advance of technology. Yes, mm. all of us together. I, I totally voted for this show, just so everybody knows. I totally voted for the show. Sue was definitely one <laughs> of the bigger cut it ahead of time. Uh, proponents. That's it. Um, so, uh, in case you don't know too much about Concrete Revolution, or you've forgotten somehow in the time since uh, you last watched it, uh, the show is set in Japan, mostly during the 1960s, though it does bounce, and bounce back and forth a bit through time, so this is more the general setting. The premise is that superhumans are publicly known. Superheroes and all manner of other crazy beings uh, are known to the general population, but they've been in hiding due to government pressure, societal pressure, and a bunch of other factors. And there's this group called the Superhuman Bureau that's been set up to protect and manage those superhumans. They take the form of everything from, you know, classic like Sentai heroes and villains from Japanese pop culture, giant robots, like teams of uh, grade school detectives, aliens, spirits, all kinds of things. Pretty much a mishmash of every uh, of every like Japanese pop culture uh, superhero and more from the last century or so. And anything superhuman is pretty much represented. Yeah, it's a very broad term. Um, and as I mentioned, the show flashes back and forth through time quite a bit, uh, before and after the point where Jiro, the show's primary protagonist, leaves the Bureau, and it details all of the cases leading up to his departure, as well as events a few years onwards. So there's clearly a cutoff point here, which the show uh, is trying to basically jump around. But uh, in any case, the main themes or thrusts of the show are things like social unrest and the popular image of superheroes versus the actual reality of being one or dealing with them, and concepts of peace, justice, and freedom, and how all of these things uh, interact with one another as it relates to these superhumans. So Yeah, this show was significantly deeper than I thought it was going to be. I, I honestly just thought it was going to be like superhumans doing crazy stuff. There's a lot there of stuff under the candy-colored show. Of, yeah, yeah, definitely. Ain't it the truth. Uh, so, we're going to each take a little bit of time to talk about the things we liked and maybe some things we didn't if there's anything that bugged us, but uh, I guess I'll start. Um, well, actually, before you started, sure. it should be noted that this is like the first half of the show, like a second sort of season of 13 episodes has been confirmed at this point. So, uh, yes. we're at the halfway April. point. Woo. Yeah, we're at the halfway point for anyone tuning into this, you know, years later or whatever. Mm. All right, cool. So... Uh, the things that I liked about the show, well, first off, the visuals, they're incredibly bold. They're vibrant. They're almost oversaturated. Very, I can't even say comic book-esque. It's even bolder than that. Um, and one of the things that's really good about that is that even with this cast, which becomes enormous as the uh, Superhuman Bureau goes on all their various cases and, you know, gains new members, meets new superheroes, and fights villains and everything, it was pretty easy to keep track of everyone because the character designs are so well done. Everyone's very, everyone's outline is very distinct. There's almost no one who I would ever mistake for anyone else. And uh, also, it helped keep me keep track of the jumping back and forth through time. As I said, 
this happens quite a bit and sometimes without a whole heck of a lot of warning at some points or, you know, you're not necessarily certain of which era this is supposed to be in, but everyone's outfits, everyone's costumes change depending on what time it is. So you actually get a chance to sort of adjust like, oh, he's wearing that like crazy armband thing. He must be, this must be in the, uh, this must be in the future timeline. Yeah, thank goodness they do that because, you know, keeping track of the show can require, you know, like a notepad. Oh, yeah. Almost uh, definitely. So thank goodness there's some costumes to cue you in mm. if you don't want to go to that kind of effort. Oh, I'd also like to put a, put in a big thanks to Brendan for um, sort of figuring out the uh, the time frame. Cracking the code. So to speak. Well, Brendan, you did an amazing job with yes. your reviews. I mean, Dan, you, you had pretty much pegged it just from the aesthetic, but... Uh... Well, even so, you were the one who I think uh, sort of figured out, like, oh, so this is how the Showa era works, and these are the these are the decades. Shinka. What was that? Well, in the in the show, it's Shinka, I think. Oh, but it's it's based on the real Showa era. Ah, it's right, just a, stand, a, a stand-in. Right, because this like, is all alternate reality. Because, like, as a couple of episodes in, it was like, well, you know, they they reference the war. I mean, usually in in Japanese pop culture, the war is World War Two. So mm-hmm. when we actually flash back to the war, I thought, you know, how would you know, how would someone in Japan refer to this time period? And if you know a little bit about, you know, eras in Japan, it was a pretty quick jump from there. That's fair. Hmm. That actually brings me to my next point really well. Um, the story itself is focused a lot uh, less on the heroes and villains themselves and more on how they're perceived by the general population, by the citizens. And the superheroes are basically an analogy for the social zeitgeist. Look at my smug sense of self-importance. Of, uh, <laughs> of uh, yeah, the the social zeitgeist of Japan during the 1960s. Students are growing up in the aftermath of World War II, which, uh, as Brendan mentioned, there's a cultural revolution. It's clashing with the old guard, and the country is partly unwilling to be involved in the Vietnam War, in this case, partly being fought by uh, superheroes. It's almost Watchmen-esque, but with a much more empathetic outlook on the superheroes they're not these broken and terrible people they're usually people trying to do right but with very conflicting ideologies being either used abused or otherwise uh messed with by either the people or the government and this actually ties back to the setting of uh young blackjack which i was also watching this season so it was kind of nice to see those two shows sort of dovetailing in their uh in their not just their uh settings, but also in some of their messages, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I guess as far as the only things I wasn't too thrilled with um, is, as I've mentioned, the jumping back and forth through time got really intense at certain points. It gets better as the second part of the show uh, comes in, and they start to, you know, you've got an idea of who everyone is and what some of their motivations are, but early on, it you know it'll it'll push forward and then it'll jump back and then it'll push forward again and then back again and it'll do this uh, over and over and for the first half of the show i just felt it was a little bit overdone and it also sets up the ex- the expectation that some of the questions the flash forwards raised are going to be answered but unfortunately because this is only the first half of the season they weren't now in the long run when all when the show is entirely put together maybe this won't be an issue maybe it'll yeah, all they might be yeah maybe it'll all coalesce but As it is, the connections aren't all made clear, and it makes it a fairly high barrier to entry, uh, especially combined with the socio-political history of 1960s Japan, which, I'll be honest, up until now I wasn't very familiar with and still only understand the 
you know, the basic outlook of. So Yeah, like some parts of the show are definitely not for a Western audience, even though it's still fun to watch. Mm. Like, but you're not going to get everything that's going on. That's true. The impact no, isn't quite definitely. the same. Right. Yeah, and it is definitely head-spinning at certain points. Yeah, I think I'll move on to uh, some of the stuff I really liked about the show. I think the number one thing for me is the, the moral greatness of the show. A lot of anime and shows have elements that are morally gray or villains that have redeeming qualities, that sort of thing. But this show just kind of takes it to a whole new level. I mean, everything about the show and the characters is gray. Like the protagonists, who are normally the good guys, you can't even say that about them. Um Dan mentioned this a little bit, like characters are fighting for their ideals, but there's always clashes between them. And it's not just that, you know, people's ideals are being twisted or that sort of thing. I mean, both sides may think they're 100% right, but the real question is, what is right? And that is a major element that they really highlight, especially towards the end of the show, when uh, this guy Claude shows up, who is really, who really tries to crystallize what's going on and say hey like what are we you know what is everyone fighting for what are all the superheroes supposed to stand for what does it mean and does it matter yeah and even he isn't necessarily right like there are people fighting against him so it's a really it's very very well done Hmm. and there's not a whole lot like it that is for sure there's definitely not a whole lot like it it's one of the most breath of fresh air shows out there yeah yeah, and this is at the same time though. Like, it's a breath of fresh air, but you better like draw it in deep because you're gonna feel like you're underwater sometimes. <laughs> yes, most a, a most fine analogy. Ah, uh, this metaphor is going somewhere. Mm. Uh, so let's see. Um, and then there's also the characters who kind of go along with this. They're all pretty complex characters. They don't rely on you know standard anime tropes uh, to get by. Now, we're halfway through the show, and I feel like I know quite a bit about the characters at this point, but I never got the sense about any of them that I know all there is to know about them. They feel a lot more like people than like a character that has a backstory, and now that you've seen the backstory, you know everything that motivates them. Instead, it's more like they're a person and you've seen pieces of their history, but there's more to them. And I really liked that about the show. I mean, even some of the villains, or I mean, it's really it's hard to define if they're a villain or not, but sure, we'll call them villains because they're opposing the protagonists have this going on, and that's really good. Yeah, I thought that was really uh, interesting just to see. We get a good glimpse into the lives of not just the main cast, but a lot of the supporting characters. And while many of them only appear for brief periods of a few episodes you do get a good sense of what their motivations are, or really what they're trying to achieve, but you want to know more about them. And I definitely would, uh, you know, love to know a bit more about what Earth, Earth-Chan, for example, was one of the more interesting ones, because... Earth-Chan. Yeah, and it seems like she's definitely coming back in the second half. Based yeah, Earth-Chan on seems very gotten. pivotal yeah, to we'll the Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, this, yeah. well, I want to see this Master Ultima guy do something. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. I'm yeah. interested. Oh, man, how do you have a name like Master Ultima and not have a huge role in the... Well, oh, he's, 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 he's from gonna... America, isn't he? Or something like that? It's actually... I, don't, I still have no idea what I his origin is. I think he's working is, with America, right. but I'm not 100% he's sure. He's definitely working with America. I think he's he's 80 in like the the defense force coming to yeah. Japan yeah, or whatever. He's got he's got pretty like big goals that you know are almost overshadowing everything else. Yeah, you still yeah, know what does, they are. He does look sweet though. Oh, he looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and all these characters that do show up, even like you know Dan said, the ones that are only here for an episode. What's interesting is they kind of fill out the background of the show too. Like there's a bar where superhumans hang out, and you'll see people at the beginning of the show, and you've no idea who they are. You think they're just background characters. By the end. You recognize like more than half the people in there. They're all characters that have shown up at some point or other. Yeah, that was that was amazing that the show was able to drop these characters in 
you know, like you guys were saying, so quick and yet give them such a, a weight is really the only word I've got in the show. You know who they are. You know what where they stand. You know who they oppose, sort of, and it's amazing. And you get to see yeah. allegiances sort of shift and change both in, I guess, real time, if you want to call it that, uh, during a particular <laughs> timeline, and also, yeah, yeah. you know, in the past and in the future as well. Yeah. As for things I didn't like about Concrete Revolution, like I thematically, I'm pretty much 100% behind the show. So I guess it's going to be more of a specific thing. I touched on this a bit in my rolling review for one of the episodes, but there's this episode with like a, a joke band that has to sort of make a difficult choice involving sponsorship and the government and this sort of thing. And it was a decent episode, but it kind of felt like filler. Like it didn't really affect things. Like most of the episodes powerfully affect what's going on in the overall arc of the show. This one didn't feel like that. Hmm. And the motivations of the characters were actually really hard to like to get behind or understand. Like things happen to them and they don't react like I think they you know, they ought to. Like and there doesn't seem to be anything deeper going on that make that would make them react differently. They're just not written as well as the other characters. So that episode in particular just seemed kinda weak. And they're minor recurring characters now, so I hope we get more about them. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had though. All right, I will uh, take stage now. I loved this show. I mean, right from watching episode one, I was like, this is my kind of crazy. <laughs> like, there's this guy, and he's riding around in a car that transforms into some sort of unicorn thing, and he's like, we have to stop Gross Ogden. And some girl flies around in a witch outfit. I was like, yeah, my kind of crazy. So I was I was really excited for the show. Um one of the things I loved most was just how creative this show is. And I know it sounds like I'm rehashing what you guys said, but there were so many different types of superheroes. I mean, the, the show has a lot to draw from, yes, with Japan, but man, did it draw from that well. I don't, I don't ever felt like I looked at a character and went, oh, you're clearly ripping off said other character. No, they were just all so unique and so different and so colorful and just... So much fun. The show was creative in a very ingenious way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're never wondering, like, oh, man, how's a giant robot going to interact with magic? How's that going to work? Nope, it's just going to happen. Like, deal with it. Don't care. Just yeah, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's it's just awesome. Speaking of bold so, characters, just real, just real quick, I forgot to mention, uh, who else loved Rainbow Knight? Like, loved his design. Rainbow Knight is the shiznit. Cool like, his design is cool. Oh, he is, he's perfect. He's like... Much more streamlined, common rider esque sort of deal. Yeah. Oh man, he is. Yeah. he is great. Yeah, he's he is awesome. And actually, Dan, that feeds really nicely into my next thing. I really loved about the show. I loved how many different angles the show looked at for superheroes. I mean, you've got Rainbow Knight, who's a superhero like we think of superheroes today, like Superman or Batman. You have, I mean, there were like trading cards and comic books within the show mm. for Rainbow Knight. You know, and then you've got something like Earth Chan, which is almost like a like a government satellite that everybody agrees upon, like Earth Chan. I actually I was lucky enough to get the episode with Earth Chan and, and what just blew my mind was at one point the superhero bureau is sitting around and they're like, Okay, we need to be really careful with this case because Earth Chan is on it, and whatever side Earth Chan picks is the side Japan picks. And you're like, 
holy wow. Like, whatever this superhuman is, it's, like, the side of good, almost. Mm. Yeah, she always saves people that are in danger, so everyone kind of associates, like, whatever side she's helping must be the side that's right. And so it's a simple sort of national conscience, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say it. So something, you know, it goes from being everything we associate with superhumans to being something that big and that powerful to being, you know, common detectives, to being robots running around society. I mean, so many angles... And I, I was just enamored with that whole idea. And when Claude shows up, I mean, I thought the show couldn't get any more creative, and then it did. I mean, he brings a whole new discussion to the table. Once again, I got that episode. And, oh, yeah. I mean, he almost brings up the idea that of superhumans as their own special species that have to, you know, take on the mantle of justice, basically redefine justice because it is their... I don't know, they're genetically given or their God-given duty to do so? I mean, he brings such a discussion to the table that I was floored. He's like... At, at just that idea. How would, He's like, if Magneto were less of a jerk. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he he yeah, thinks like they've got... It's like, we have evolved yeah, he thinks that for this like, reason. We don't just have the right, we have the responsibility to be the heroes they think we are. Right. Right, and he, you know, he takes justice into his own hands in a very dramatic way, and I, I, I was, I was floored. I really was at how extraordinarily efficient the show was at just getting in there and attacking all these different angles, being like, "But what do you think? But what do you think? But what do you think?" I mean, the show just kept changing, and it did so just effortlessly. I was, I was amazed. Sweet. And so that was awesome. If I had to pick one thing that I didn't like, I'm I'm kind of on Scott's boat. Like, I loved this show. But it would be the blurring effect that is the last, like, three episodes or so. Like, Claude shows up, and I loved his character. And for all the effort they poured into his character and what he means to Jiro, he's... It, it all just ends too quick. Like, I won't tell you what happens but it all just ends way too fast and i was like i know the second season's coming like why wouldn't you draw someone that important out especially after just what an amazing like entrance oh, and yeah. presence he has for those couple of episodes that he's there so i was it was it all just happened way too quick and i was disappointed that that's how fast they ended that arc yeah it felt like they you know they wanted a big finale which they certainly got oh, yeah uh, and maybe they weren't clear if they were getting a second season but he, they did introduce claude or you know roll through his story basically really quickly really quick which was which was just too bad mm. but and, and yeah and kiko's thing almost got lost in there holy yeah. cow yeah she's her own special entity but yeah that's that's my take i thought the show was great and uh brendan take it away i found this show fascinating on a conceptual level in addition to uh you know a lot of the other stuff you guys have talked about just the fact that like we're going back almost 50 years to like stuff that maybe my dad would remember if he grew up in japan mm. and like and, and like dredging all that up and, and bringing all that old pulp sci-fi to the table yeah expansive like like was said as uh, as drawing all that in like, you, you really feel like you know sort of what these characters are about. Brendan, this show is dense like Red Velvet Cheesecake. <laughs> it's okay, Jesus. you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dense. Like, uh... Imagine trying to cram, uh, like, every cowboy cereal 
um, superhero sh- superhero show and uh, like cheesy sci-fi special from 1955 through 1975 all into an hour and a half. And that's the kind of density we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Like it, to make a awful analogy that I think is probably going to haunt me. Uh, if anyone watching, you know, listening to this remembers the too many cooks video that, uh, you know, came out this year, it felt was that a college humor of, thing. Yeah. It was a college humor thing where they basically compressed like 10 or 20 years of, family soap operas into this video like just dripping with references mm. and sort of the culture of that time and imagine other... that but like a whole show it's you know it's, it's it's that kind of density and that kind of level of research i guess mm. you know or or care or homage for the the genres right. they're doing right like you've got the detective who's sort of the six million dollar man uh sort of you've got sort of. Like earth chan who I can't decide is uh, if she was inspired by Astro Boy or anything. Like, but mm, they, I can see that they make the characters so distinct that it's really difficult to tell like where the like what they're pulling from the past and and what they're not. Mm. I guess they just nail it so well that it's very hard to say. Like, they're not they're not cribbing off of something else. They're just taking it and making it their own. Right, it's pulling, uh, pulling the tropes and like setting, setting their own characters in them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, like, we think it's pretty cool because you know we watch anime, but I can only imagine what it's like for somebody who grew up in Japan during that time period to see all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you know, a lot of probably probably a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. Or even yeah. you know, the children of people who might have the children or grandchildren of people who grew up in that right. era and heard about all of these things or just are aware of them, like via cultural osmosis. Exactly that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. Now, Brendan, I know I remember you had mentioned. Uh, I think it was like episode, the first one you got. I remember you're like, I just want to say that I am not Japanese enough to watch this show, I have a hard enough time processing the number of colors on the screen at any given <laughs> moment. I was like, such a great line. But did you get to liking it, or was it always blurrying in the end? It's It always felt like it was moving a little too fast. Hmm. I mean, but anybody that knows me knows that I like my shows to be on the slow side. Hmm. So Fair. not really a surprise there. Uh, yeah, like it. it I, I felt like it was a show that really could have benefited from being in a longer time slot. Uh, give the characters more time to sort of be themselves without responding to the particular crisis of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And on a slightly unrelated note, one of the uh, I was a little disappointed that we never got back to the concept that there was always a sort of pairing. Of a, a good and an evil, like oh, superhuman yeah. presence. I did bring that in up very, in the very early part of the show. They sort of it, w- it was a minor plot point that there were swim lanes, sort of, uh, and and you could sort of imagine where they were going with this was like everybody or every you know ally of justice superhuman is sort of the protagonist of their own TV show, which is going on concurrently with everybody else, but they don't really. You know, like cross over into each other's shows like they they have a an evil that they fight specifically and and that sort of got lost in the shuffle as we got on to uh bigger 
ideals like what uh, like Claude, what Claude brought to the table. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is like in the, in the episode completely. where that where that plot gets brought up, like that's during what we'll call I don't know the present, like when people are still sort of more idealistic than the more cynical future. And they say, oh, yeah, you know, we have this rule. It looks like everyone that's – every person that comes becomes a superhuman has a opposing, you know, villainous force. A nemesis of some kind. Yeah, but, like, almost the – like, at the end of – you know, they're, they're in the future of, you know, sort of resolving what happened. And this was, like, the bug men thing, I think. Uh, like, Furota is mourning, basically, the loss of that moral clarity, like, the black versus white. He's like, everything's gray now, I think was his line. And he's almost he's almost saying like we thought there was a rule and it made everything easy to break down, but it turns out we were wrong. Like, like maybe yeah, that's where they were going I with that. that yeah. But it would have been nice if they had that. People think that more often in the present. I agree. Like that's a thing that they brought up, and it should have been something they tried to live by until they realized it was breaking down. Plus, like you said, I don't know if they ever really re-explore that. No, they concept. don't. That's that's what's too bad. They, they only yeah. bring it up the one other time in in the fourth episode where uh, Kiko gets concerned about you know what are we going to do about all these kaiju because they're showing up and there isn't an opposing superhero force oh, yeah. to mm. to combat them and you know Earth Chan sort of comes down and handles a couple and like various superhumans sort of rise up against uh, you know, the rampage of uh, kaiju that are happening. And mm. but there's pushback I guess on that. Just sort isn't of there? left to him. Eh. Well, I thought the idea there was like you know someone's manufacturing the kaiju, so like maybe there aren't superhumans that rise up because it's like really just the one guy, uh, right? Because right. they're being like displaced. And... They don't have a common origin story or anything, right? Like they just kind of they're manufacturing not, they're not thematically things. tied to any other like force of of justice or whatever. Okay, right. Although they did certainly have plenty of like guys sort of fight some of the kaiju yeah that was yeah. what we're saying kids is that the cheesecake is really thick bring a bigger fork <laughs> that's what we're saying very dense yeah this is this yeah there's there's a lot going on yeah i can't tell if it's a show that would be a good thing to try and uh, like watch all of it in one sitting or if you want to try to space it out as much as possible i can see merits to both yeah ways of watching it Regardless, you're going to have to watch it more than once. Probably. Take notes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and all of us, of course, are hoping that the second season continues this you know, this trend of amazing. We will see. Now, I would certainly. Now that it's sort of come close to or caught up to, I guess, what is considered the, the dividing line of the uh, timelines, now that it's caught up to that point, it seems like it's probably going to take on a somewhat more straightforward approach, similar to what you see at the end of the, uh, towards the end of the show. But some scenes in the very last episode make it clear that that might not be the case. So we'll have to see how it works out. But um, before we get into hypothesizing, I guess, um, yeah, any, uh, any final thoughts from anyone? Any uh, last minute surprises? Not really. Mm-hmm. I'd, I yeah, highly recommend the show. I mean, obviously, Definitely. I think we all we recommend, all recommend the, show. the show. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely a breath it's of fresh air. It's definitely not the usual anime fare. <laughs> yeah, and definitely give it... I would say, like, by episode two, you're probably going to get hooked. Like, episode one, you may be like, what? Mm-hmm. But, you know, by episode two, I think you know, anyone watching it should yep. kind of get what they're going for. And the more you know about... Uh, 20th century Japanese history and pop culture, the more you'll get out oh, of it as yeah. well. You don't need that to get to enjoy it. Certainly, it's 
it's enough of a fun ride in and of itself. And you'll yeah. also probably be inspired to look into some of this a bit more. I certainly yeah, know I same. was. And I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the rest of it. I'm looking forward to seeing if they, you know, where they play with these tropes from now on. Sweet deals. All right. Mm, so let's, definitely. let's wrap it up. I think we all really enjoyed this show. We had a great time. Turned out to be you know, way better than we could have expected. Cause like you guys are saying, episode one was tricky, but, um, we, and we picked it after that. I think it was episode one. We were just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So it, it all turned out for right. the best. I think we're all really excited for season two. So anyone who did not check the show out, uh, we highly recommend it. But understand you are getting into some really thick stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back with more thoughts on future rolling reviews when they uh, wrap up. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>